Ladies and gentlemen, as we approach Earth Day, it is my great pleasure to welcome, get ready everybody, the goddess of garbage. (laughs) Now, I know that many of you are thinking this is crazy. What do you mean the goddess of garbage? We are really in a transformation about our thinking, about recycling. So many of us are now paying close attention to that. It's extremely important. In fact, it's more important than most of us even realize. And to really honor Earth Day, I invited Carol Tanzi, a renowned interior designer who's known as the goddess of garbage, who's received national recognition for using recycled materials and reuse items to create home and office furniture and accessories to the show. Her mission is to educate, to inform, and show the world a new way to approach recycling, using recycled products and reuse as a worthwhile, unique design style for interiors. She has begun her interior design work since 1972 and has been recycling since 1998. She teaches children and adults all about the world of recycling and how you can take garbage and make beauty and art out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the goddess of garbage. Carol Tansy, to its rainmaking time. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to, to be talking to you, Kim. I really am. This is just a chance for the goddess. And by the way, uh, for your listeners, I, I speak about the goddess in uh, the, the, the third person. Um, I keep my interior design and the goddess's work separately. It, it makes just a little bit more sense. The goddess can get out of control because she can get so excited about what she's doing <laughs> and, and all the things that she's um, teaching people to do. And you said it so well. That's the goddess's mission statement about showing a new way to approach recycling. But it's not only showing them how to do the, the projects out of just regular everyday household items. But what it is, it shows them how to use them in the rooms because, of course, being an interior designer, I also do rooms that are repurposed and recycled and recyclized and reused. So it's a whole combination happening there. Well, I think that most people wouldn't really consider the possibility that you can make art and beauty out of anything recycled because truly we do perceive garbage as garbage. Correct. And that's part of the barrier, isn't it, to seeing that garbage is- as a utility. That is. You see, people are so used to getting something in plastic containers or cardboard containers, and certainly they're tuned into, many people are tuned into recycling. They put it in the right bins or they take it to the recycling uh, uh, centers. But I'm saying look at the item. It, is it First of all, it has to be clean. The goddess always works with clean products and always has a safety factor involved. When that product is finished, that project is finished, it is very safe. And that has a lot to do with candle holders and such, which you'll see on my website. But anyway, going beyond that, it's strictly getting the people to understand, to look at the design element of the things that we throw away and use every day and not realize it, that they can come back into the home and office and really be good looking. And since I teach children and adults, um, I'm able to do that. Give us some applications of products that we're using or things that we are throwing out as garbage that you look at as part of the repertoire of doing interior design. Oh, Kim, that what a question that is. That's a loaded question of for course, the goddess. Of course. I want to load this you thing up. <laughs> it's Earth Day coming up. We've got to really give it to them. It's a celebration. Okay, I'm going to talk about yogurt containers. 
we all are into eating healthier, hopefully, and we all have our favorite yogurt containers. Well, the shapes of many of those containers, which are plastic, which may or may not be recycled based on what the market will uh, bear, um, I take those and I have made, for instance, candle holders out of them. I've, uh, I hate to mention brands, but this particular shape, yogurt, uh, Yoplait yogurt has a wonderful brand. I turn that upside down, that plastic container, and I put it through a process of gold leafing it with red and gold, and I made candle holders out of it. It takes, it accepts the top of it or the bottom of the exact container accepts a two-and-a-half-inch candle. Well, my goodness, you take five of those and you lay them right in the middle of your table and you've got yourself a great display. I'm going to give you another another idea about candy boxes. And I'm going to mention C's because that's what we have here in California, although they're clear across the world, I think, now we're going towards that way. I take a one-pound box of C's candy. I turn the top upside down, put it in the bottom of a two-pound, and I make it so it's kind of like a shelf for an existing one-pound box of candy that would be given to you as a gift. Because how many times has somebody given you a box of candy, and usually you don't have the time or don't take the time to put it on the table because you're the hostess and you need to do what you need to do. And what I need to do usually is to eat the candy... (laughs) immediately and then <laughs> pass out the remnants okay go you ahead you can't do that kim you can't do that anyway so i came out with a c inside the box all my projects are titled of course and you put that box of candy right into that tray it's got little handles it's got little feet and let me share something with you that's a brand new project and will be on my website this coming may wow C's is going to love you. Oh, yes, and, and I love their candy. And Yoplait's going to start throwing yogurts at you. That's right. And the other thing is, too, what about your regular plastic water bottle? Now, this, to me, is a very simple thing. I take heavy-duty scissors. I cut the bottle top off so it has a flat edge surface to it. And I file those that circular edge with a nail file because it can get plastic can get very uh, it can be cuttable you can cut your fingers and you know what I do with that I fill it with glass beads or glass marbles if you will or glass pebbles and and I put a ribbon around it or a wire with beads on it and then the next thing I do flowers go into it and when I visit people either at retirement centers or in the hospital or just a friend I make a bouquet of flowers and put it that that means that that person doesn't have to scramble around for a vase, a container. You have it. You've brought it. It's all out of a water bottle. Really, this is a concept that everything is reusable. Uh, Yes, it is. And let me share with you, everything is. And the thing is, people say, well, I don't have the talent to do it. Yes, you do. If you get your mind set to that and you are interested in doing this sort of a craft, and if you want to call it craft, that's fine. I don't care. It's fine with me. You can get your mind set into looking at the individual discards that come by our way every single day in our household, and you can say, well, now I can do something with that other than taking a, an Altoid box and making a little a box for trinkets for children. What I did there, I opened it up, and I made it a photo frame. And so I, there's some, you can do something with everything usually. The, and all these products are clean. They all come into my hands, and they're all washed and steam clean before the project is started. You really are an artist, though. Well, somebody said something to me. Gee, I knew you were creative, but I didn't know you were an artist. And I thought, 
hmm, I thought those went hand in hand, but I guess they don't. I, I guess it's, it's two different things to many people. But are you an artist? Well, I don't paint. <laughs> well, I, I mean, a storyteller is an artist, a writer is yes, an artist, a person I, I who performs is an artist and sings and creates. I am. I think I am. And, and because I will share with you that I am finishing up writing my book, and it's a how-to book. And it's about the goddess of garbage and her endeavors, and also it's about um, projects that uh, that people can do. And when I started to write that, I thought to myself, now, isn't that interesting? I really love writing. And I would have never thought anything about it short of an English story when I was in college. What got you into caring about recycling and the transfer of that recognition to having it become central to your business? Okay. How I looked at this was I always had in the back of my head, even when I was a young girl, how I used to play with milk bottles, glass milk bottles, and put nasturtiums and flowers in and, and made a display. I always had that knack, that ability to be able to do that, looking at different items and doing something with them. And you would always see it kind of peek out once in a while. I was always the one that would say to a client when I came into their home, now what do you have put away or what do you have here that we can reuse in the brand new living room or bedroom or family room, whatever room we were doing or the whole house so it began to get them to think in a different way kim this was important so i always was recycling but i can't tell you that i was calling it recycling it just made good business sense and it made good common sense to use what you had you can use it in a different manner but still to use it so along comes the 90s and i decided that i had to do something about it and I thought, Carol, what can you do as an interior designer to move this effort along? How can you show people that this is really doable, that you can take discards and do something with it? And I was talking to a friend on the phone. She says, Carol, you are always one to talk about recycling and redoing and reusing. Repurposing wasn't in the vocabulary as yet. And she said, why don't you think about that? I think that's going to be something that's going to come about again. It had always been there, but a lot of people were not into it. In fact, I can truly tell you, if I brought it up at the beginning at a, a reception or a party, because I was very involved in the community at that time and the county, they would roll their eyes and think, oh, my God, she's gone off the deep end. So I, I, I could get the vibes already. And that's exactly what I did. I started to look at things differently. Now, I get my ideas from two places, and that's usually a question that's usually asked. And here it is. I get my ideas first by looking at the, the disposable waste, the, the containers, whatever it is, and say, what does this remind me of? What can I do with this? What can I show the people to make? And this would be a functional, usable thing in their home. The other way I get my ideas is going to the design center, working at the design center, seeing what's available to the, uh, to the clients and see if I can reproduce it with disposable discards. So that's great. So you're tailor-making with the core being recycling and the artistic expression in the usability object, right? Exactly, Kim. You clearly understand what I'm doing. Um, and this is this shows them that it can be done. And the piece, the recyclized piece, which is the goddess's own term, uh, own word that she has uh, termed and has used since the inception of the goddess, 
um, it, it allows them to be proud of it because they've made it or I can show them how to make it or whatever they want to do. Sometimes they'll say, well, look, I did this, but look what I added to it. And I think, gee, that's great because they're now thinking just uh, at a different level. What has been the challenge, given your focus and the core of your interior design work, including and being dedicated to the recycling purpose? In other words, is that 100% of your focus? This is, I'm going to say, this is uh, my focus. But not everybody is on the same page as I am. So I'm going to tell you what happens. I've had one client out of hundreds, maybe even thousands, that I can really remember who was a very good client, who knew what I was doing, who loved what I was doing, respected it, knew uh, my work, uh, so wasn't afraid of it, but she simply said to me, Carol, I would like everything new. And I said, okay, fine, we can do that. Um, um, you have the budget for it, and that's fine. However, you know what I did? You know what I did? I said, what about if we take what you have and we donate it out to causes that I feel that need that? That would simply mean nonprofits that may, maybe need a sofa or chairs or maybe need a something for their, uh, their uh, areas where their employees or their staff go. So I was able to take recycling and bring it back through another door, but get it to work in another way. That's interesting. So I've done that all along. And I've been recycling, if you want to call it that, since the inception of me going into the profession and, and practicing, because it, it, it must be built in. It was with me when I was a kid, and I just brought it along in a different fashion, of course. Don't you think that the recycling capacities that are in every city are still very muted compared to what they could be? Oh, absolutely. I will tell you, now this is an interesting thing. I will tell you that different states handle it differently. California um, has handled it for many, many years, and we seem to be more tuned into it than a lot of other states. But I can mention other states that, uh, to this very day, don't do that much recycling. So it's an interesting thing how the states perceive it and how they, they're protecting their landfill and how they're handling uh, recycling and repurposing and reuse. Um, and all the, all the states are different, but you're absolutely right. In 2004, I shared this with you, I interviewed Joe Longo, who was the CEO of a company called StarTech. Yes. And they had developed this plasma plant that would take any form of garbage, and not just garbage, but any form of waste, and change the molecular structure of it, render it inert, and convert it to a usable utility. It turned out that the Department of Defense got involved, and there was a lot of difficulty, and he ended up dying last year of a heart attack. Yes. And... I spoke to his wife just a few months ago, but I don't know what ended up happening to the actual technology. But the technology was displayed in Connecticut and in Poland. Mm. And that's the kind of thing that was so exciting. I actually tried to get involved as part of my company, the rainmaking company, to bring it everywhere because I thought it was critical. I wanted to have one of those in every city. Can you imagine it could do this to plutonium, to any type of virulent toxic waste? would be an asset, yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's how committed I was. So the fact that you're doing what you're doing is so unusual. And 
a lot of people who are already recycling, there's a whole thing about turning it into art and usable objects and things we think are beautiful. I just wonder why there's not more people that would be interested in that. Now, talk to us about the kids. Oh, to God. me, the kids are really where the action is in all this. Oh, they are fabulous. I reduce my, my, my years when I go teach children, when I come out of that. It's fabulous. I have gone to many classes, many nonprofits that, like, for instance, the Mid-Peninsula Boys and Girls Club. I think most cities have this sort of nonprofit in their house, in their town. And I go there and I teach classes. We have taken styrofoam. We have made uh, decorations out of styrofoam for the walls, whether it's frames, whether it's mirrors, whether the children just painted the styrofoam and made a geometric design on the walls. We have made plastic water bottle vases. I showed them how to do that. They all want to fill them up with flowers and bring them home to their mothers or their fathers. That we made, uh, oh, for the little tykes, and I love that. I was teaching at a recreation center, little tykes, and very small. They couldn't really do a lot of things, but what they could do is I took and made binoculars, a very simple craft project for young little wee ones, and I made little binoculars, and I had them put their names, write their names. They could print or write their names on the the TP holders, because that's what we used to, for the binoculars, for the scene, the scope, you know. And they loved that. And I put a little string around, and they're all wearing them, and they're all pretending they were doing that. We have done a lot with children. I've made caddies. I've taken cans. And the easiest thing for all ages, from first grade on, because I've taught first graders too, is they make a caddies uh, for their pencils, their Crayolas, their magic markers, and they decorate the cans. And do you want to know? You want to know something exciting that you see when you do this sort of thing? Absolutely. Is what every child takes the idea and interprets it differently, and every single one of those projects that those individual children do are different. It's the most amazing thing. Some will glue sequins on it and nothing else. Some will put little pom-poms on. Some will put their names on it. Some will put trim on it. It is the most amazing thing to see how the creativity of children, I think, is sometimes dampened, and that really bothers me. You have to bring that out and let them make a decision of how they're going to handle whatever they're doing. It's so exciting. Uh, that that really is exciting to me. You know what would be neat is if every school collected disposable products so that you could come in and teach them what to do with it. Some do, believe it or not. I have had, before I go to usually, usually teach, I, I ask them to start saving this, this, or this, and then we'll see what the project is that we're going to do. And uh, And we have done that, but it's not a mass sort of an idea, but that's a good idea. I just think it would be so neat where you get the school actually doing a little bit of the recycling just to start it. You know what else I did one year, and I did it for second and third graders, and I want to tell you how important this particular project was. I had saved a whole bunch of decorating magazines, and I brought them to the classes, and this was second and third grade. And I said, all right, now what we're going to do is I want you to go through the magazines and cut out pictures that you like and paste them in um, on these pages and make a little book and these are this is what you dream of this is what you think your bedroom would look like this is what you think the the living room would look these are the things you would have in it now you want to see some creativity happening here oh, yeah <laughs> it was wonderful and they all took it seriously 
they all took it seriously, and they're all gluing and talking and asking questions and, and getting my help and, and going around. And at the end of a two-year uh, time, we, we split it up for an hour each because two hours is too long to take away from the school day. But uh, I went back the second time. We finished them up, and they all were absolutely adorable. Uh, it was it was phenomenal to see how creative these kids could get putting together what they thought they wanted their room to be. What kind of questions do the kids ask you about garbage and recycling? I think uh, one of the questions is, how can I get my mother and father to be interested in recycling? Seriously? Yeah. I've had several um, several kids ask me that, gee, we, th- we throw our stuff away. How can I get them to realize that we can do something? Can you come to the house and show them? <laughs> That's what they usually say. <laughs> Wait a minute. I like that other question, but what do you tell them? I tell them that, um, first of all, they will see what they bring home this particular day, whatever we made that particular day, and they can see what can be done. And I said, the fact is, I think also that you've got to tell them that it's very important, not only for you children, but for the children that are going to come after you. Make it very simple, but they they clearly understand it. How neat. I always think that being inspired is the best, the inspiration itself, right? That's how we do it. Yeah. That's how we do it. What are the aspirations you have now in terms of the coming years? Are there some things that you really want to do? Yes. I, I really would like to do two things are on my list. I'd like to get my book published, and I'd like to teach uh, more people how to do these projects. That's one thing. I think when people get the self-confidence of being able to do it themselves, the interest, will, the spark will happen. I really do, because a lot of people are timid or afraid of trying something. But if they're shown, it becomes a lot easier. We're human beings. That's the way it is. I think the other thing I'd like to do is I'd like to go on TV or go on radio and and uh, speak about it at least once a week and get the word out there and try to get more of an interest and show them there is a new way to approach recycling. We don't always have to think, oh, I have to go to the curbside now with my stuff because the garbage people are going to come up. I don't want it to think, I don't want people to think that. I think if it really becomes a way of life in all our different avenues of living, I think it will be a lot easier for people to do it. I really do. See, in the context that you're doing your work in and speaking on this show, recycling is an art form. That's correct. And recycling is creative. Uh-huh. That is really different than recycling is drudgery and work. Exactly. And hard. And hard. And complicated. And too involved, and I don't have the time, and oh my God, we have to throw this away now. Now what do we do with it? You're absolutely right. That in and of itself, that recycling is art, and recycling is artistic. That is a totally different genre of communication, and that's what you're doing. And I'm doing it one step at a time. I know that everybody I've ever contacted, whether it's just been friends or whether it's just been teaching or whatever, and this is all different age groups now I'm talking about. I've had many, many people come and say, you know, you got me thinking about what we throw away more and more. And now when I have something in the house and I start to throw, I say, Jesus, now, what can Carol do about this? And what would Carol do about this? Maybe I can use this for whatever it is. And that's what I'm trying to do. See, you see, it's a way of life. That's what I'd like to do. 
So are you going to be traveling to different cities? Are there any cities that you're going to be speaking well, in this year? Well, I, I don't have anything on the docket now, but that doesn't mean I won't be. I hope so. I would love to do it. It, it seems to me to be so much fun. I've done it before, and I and I like it. I've I've been a couple places for Earth Day uh, in the past years. I've been a couple... Uh, Sometime I was on TV, and then they had a little something at the recreation center there at, in that city, and I did things. And that's just reaching out to the people. I know it's a one-on-one basis, and people say, well, you'll never you know, get to everybody. Well, maybe I won't, but think of all the people I can get to. I think the kids really are the future. Oh, I do too. And you're in a perfect place, Los Angeles, California, which is extremely pro-recycling. And there's a lot of gravitational pull there, and there's also huge support. You're in the perfect spot to be bringing this to many, many more people and children. And I'm most excited about the kids, actually. Oh, I'm glad you are, because that's that's really where it's at. You're right about that. It is. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Well, um, of course, I hope that um, everybody would, would take some time to look at the website, because you're not only going to see the projects, but you're going to see the rooms. Now, this is an exciting thing I want you to know. When we see some rooms that have been recycled or repurposed or recyclized, as the goddess calls them, we see rooms that are clearly junk and has not been put together properly. Now, nobody wants to live in a mess of a room. We all like nice things. And I can even tell you a story about that that even proved that I was right about that. So with the pictures, you actually see how you can put together rooms that are things that you can do and you would never know in a million years they've been recycled. It's really exciting. Carol, I wanted to ask you if you would come back and talk to us again in about six months and share with us if your book is done, I'd like to bring it to the audience. Oh, that's that's very kind of you and I'll love doing it. I hope you also release it in an electronic format because so many people are also reading electronic formats and I want to do a shout out to Sharon Cook, who brought you to our attention, and the goddess of garbage to its rainmaking time. Shout out to you. Thank you, Sharon. And ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking with, learning from, and listening to Carol Tanzi. She is known as the goddess of garbage. She is an interior designer, and she can be reached at goddessofgarbage.com. Thank you so much for being with us. And thank you, Kim.